genre. What up, nerds, and welcome to Tales from the Short Box, the once weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about comic books. My name is Adam Sheehan, and I'm here, as I'm always here, with Sean Petit. Yo. Casey Crawford. Hello. And RJ Vite. Heyo. As a courtesy, I want to remind our listeners that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. If you haven't read uh, the books we're going to talk about on this show, we're going to spoil those. So read them first. Uh, yeah. Also, I'm going to give you timestamps in the episode description so you can skip anything you might need to skip. Our top story today is... Animal Man by Grant Morrison, book one by, well, Grant Morrison, Chaz Traug, Tom Grummet, Doug Hazelwood, Mark McKenna, Tatia Wood, and Helen Vesic. Yes, sir. It's a we're lot of books, so a lot of names. We're finally here. We've we're finally here. Long Casey can finally yourself. talk about. Contain yourself, ah! woman. No, man, I just fucking freebased <laughs> this entire series over the last 48 hours. So I, uh, you're going to have to force me to hit stop uh, at the end of this. I could just talk for days, days and days. I probably would have read the end of it if uh, they ever put out the soft cover deluxe edition number two. Well, just buy the hardcover, <laughs> you coward. <laughs> well, I, then I have two. No, I can't have one of each. Yeah, you, you can't have one hardcover. So if I buy yeah. the hardcover, I got to get rid of this softcover. Buy both hardcovers, obviously. Casey's always trying to sell us more comic books. That's, uh, you yeah. know me. I love my capitalism. Over here, you're fucking upselling me. <laughs> I'm just saying I have it and you don't. So like, who, who I've won? I've read it. Yeah, I, re- <laughs> I, read it on, um, I read it on the DC app last time i read it because yeah. i got through this and i was like oh cool i'll get number two and it's like no you're not that you're doesn't not exist it. yet <laughs> well it was the and 30th casey, anniversary seen, so i've seen casey yeah. bully someone into buying something that moments before told me totally sucked oh yeah well let's see here's the thing i don't force anyone to buy anything but i i'm like the the id like i'm, I'm just like <laughs> i'm just there being like you know you want it I can see that you want it. I'm just going to make you feel good about the purchase. Like, just yeah. fucking, just commit. Nothing that. matters. You can't take it with you. Buy that Funko Pop. It'll make you happy for five <laughs> whole seconds. You can't take it with you. <laughs> yeah, like you said, it'll, it'll make you happy for now. And then yeah. we'll be back next week. Buy your happiness <laughs> one Wednesday at a time. That's what I'm Oh here. my God. Yeah. I mean, That's currently happening in my home as I'm slowly being replaced by plants. Uh, yeah, you, I was really fucking triggered earlier when you guys sent me that uh there's a panel from um poison ivy number three that came out yeah especially because the whole panel is like you know i don't always think about murder sometimes i just love buying plants and i'm just like yeah like how rj and i were on the same exact we were on the same schedule and i beat him by like yeah Y'all Five are both about tops. to send that panel, and I'm over here living that panel because Zach and I, I spent nearly $200 on plants this morning and then fucking spent all day like potting new terrariums and repotting shit. And it was just, yeah. it was a blast. I love it. It's the only thing that makes me happy besides Animal Man by Grant Morrison. Those are the only and two yeah, things. I was, gone, I was gone this weekend, and Christina's like, Look what I bought. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Cool. Cool. Maybe that's what I need. I need some new plants or something. I just feel like I've been staring into the void for seventy-two straight well, hours. Straight up, I that's why Zach and I like back. spent all. <laughs> that's why we spent all day doing this shit because it's just been like, oh man, every single yeah. weekend is like a monotonous trudge of the same shit over and over again, and like yep. 
at least this time we did something slightly different and productive and our house looks pretty like that's makes you feel better yeah. makes you feel better you know get your hands in the dirt yep. gotta do it exactly but, uh, if you need cuttings adam i have I have, yeah, I don't have any baloney. I have not won any baloney, so. <laughs> so, so you did win the baloney? I got one. I was one for two. The, there were two days. pieces of baloney, and you only bought one. No, there's two days. I only Jesus got one. Christ. Okay, all right. Well, I'm proud it, you of you. Both days. I'm proud of you for getting the one, one baloney and not both balonies. I got a Yeti thing for bowling good once. Oh, so there's I, proof that I was good at least one time. I forgot uh, that the <laughs> Yeti is a brand of, of like thermoses, and I yeah. thought mm-hmm. you got like a statue of a Yeti, which would honestly would, be so, don't know so the... much cooler than a fucking yeah. baloney. What is the hierarchy of these prizes? Yeti and no, I... baloney? Well, I think it's a... Well, there's like different prizes, but like the baloney is like an all-weekend thing. If you get a certain amount of strikes, you get... It's like an eight-ounce thing of baloney you can get from the store, and they'll like even just give you a give it to you package or they'll cut it up so you can eat it while you're still bowling incredible how many bowling uh, ball how many bowling games do you have to win to get a real yeti is mm, real that's question. a good question that's the that's probably the yeti tournament and not the baloney the can you feed the yeti the baloney that you won to <laughs> keep him happy do you want wolverines because this is how you get wolverines it depends. <laughs> do, do they make a bowling ball that is scented like baloney Mm. If they That's did, they disgusting. should. That should be illegal. <laughs> no one wants. Yeah, because this is gonna smell weird and old. Your hands no are just gonna smell like it. baloney for the rest of your life. Yeah, they already do a little bit, so I don't need any more. <laughs> they just like dip it in hot dog water before sending it off. Gross. Oh, just old hot. They just came out with one. I don't. I saw an ad for it. It's a mystery smell. It's gonna be old uh, hot dog water. I don't know so how maybe I feel it's hot about dog water. Smell. <laughs> hot dog water or hot ham water. If you want to be fancy, it's hot dog broth. Or no, hot dog stock, if you want to be a chef Ew. about it. Yeah. It just smells like stock. McGlinchies on a hot day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a fun weekend, though. Uh, now I'm in my basement until I'm not, until I, until I clear quarantine. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Hopefully I don't get, didn't get the Rona. It'd be good, though. Or the monkeypox. You weren't touching uh, anybody's balls, pox. were you? Just my own. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> Just mine. All right. I was good. about to say if if there's a place you're you're probably likely to get monkey box. Yeah, if you a, put your fingers alley. in someone else's bowling ball and they have monkey box, you for sure have monkey box now. Yeah, it's no, the no, closest. No, shoe, if you yeah. rent shoes, you're getting monkey box. Yeah, That's it's the closest that. equivalent to uh, a, like because it's it's primarily spread through sexually transmitted encounters right so like but it, yeah or really just really close contact yeah yeah, yeah yeah. so being in a person's grody monkey box shoes and being in the grody <laughs> monkey box bowling ball is probably i don't know what's in that aerosol spray that they spray in monkey their shoes pox. but it probably doesn't kill monkey box it probably is well, monkey pox on. i have my own shoes because i'm not four <laughs> so that's not a problem i forgot you're an ancient old man that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> apparently bowling's the oldest sport God, just looks- the thought of putting my feet in a pair of rental bowling shoes just gave me the worst feeling. <laughs> it's like do you do you wear socks? It's not like <laughs> it's still like You're like, like barefoot. Like what are you talking about? They always spray them right before they give them to you, and then they're like a little bit wet, and then that makes shit rise in the back of my throat. Just thinking about <laughs> no, thank you. Oh. Germs are fun. Germs are. But fun. yeah, we'll see. 
I'm, I'm stuck down here until at least Wednesday. I'll probably stay all week because it's hot as fuck and it's nice and cold down here. There you go. <laughs> so Perfect. I have a good, I got like my whole setup down here. Like where I've completely reco like, I literally had to move every piece of computer equipment from my desk upstairs downstairs so I could do this. Well, thank you for your, for your sacrifice. <laughs> also, you have a fully stocked liquor cabinet behind you, so you're going to have a good weekend. And my beer fridge. Yeah. Um, Which is full the, of beer right now. Those are full liquor bottles behind you, right? You're not just being a white part. man and decorating with liquor bottles? Oh, no. Most of them are full. Okay, good. I, I'm just making sure I'm keeping you on the right track. Don't, don't regress into being a cis white dude who decorates with liquor Or bottles. if you're like me, there's like half a shot in each of them. Ew. That's a lot of them, for sure. It's li Yeah, it's, or like there's just various liquors that have been left at my house over the yeah. years. Combine no, them the all shelf, into a... glasses. A super drink. Yeah. No, just yeah. like do, hunch punch yourself in the basement yeah. and just have a miserable time. I thought I think that was called a funky monkey. <laughs> yeah. I think all the really good stuff's upstairs. That's the stuff that we drink the most often. But this is so this is like the the once in a while liquor. So who knows what the fuck's over there? Oh man. <laughs> mystery meets. <laughs> yeah. The mystery meets. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. Comic books. All right. Fuck them. Well, I mean, I let's love do it. Yes. Before we get to comics, I did want to offer Adam. I after tearing apart so many plants, I have so many cuttings. Look, look at all these cuttings that are rooting right here behind me in this little this jar. So <laughs> oh, if if you need free serotonin, uh, just hit me up. Uh, all I of you. This bunch. goes to any listener. I will send you plants, <laughs> including. I'm Christina. real glad we're not talking about poison ivy. Uh, yeah, well, the only thing I wanted to say was about Poison Ivy was that she wants to kill people and loves buying plants and girl same. Uh, <laughs> and killing people with plants. That's my so. big takeaway from that book. Um, girl same. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my pick for this week is Batman 126 by Chip Zdarsky, Jorge Jimenez, and Tomeo Mori. Um, yeah, Chip Zdarsky's just starting to fucking kill it. Uh, I love Jorge Jimenez back on this book. It's fucking gorgeous. Um, yep. Yeah, so we got a robot named Failsafe, or Justice Failsafe, or is it is it Failsafe? I don't know. I think it's Failsafe. Um, yeah, it's a it's a fucking scary ass robot that is tracking down and trying to kill Batman. So basically, the entire book is like a really fucking cool fight sequence where Batman is getting the shit kicked out of him, and then the whole Bat family tries to rescue him. Um, it, to no avail, they have to like drag him away, concussed. Uh, back to the Batcave. And I just, I cannot stress enough how fucking gorgeous this book is. Like, it's got every member of the Bat family and they're just high flying and exploding motorcycles everywhere. It's fucking cool. Look at their Night asses handed. Nightwing has do. the coolest moment, though. Yeah, yeah that entrance is pretty fucking Yeah, dope. he drives so good. Drives his motorcycle over the Batmobile into the robot, doing a backflip off of it while it fucking explodes. And of course, the robot is unfazed. Uh, but it's yeah, completely unfazed. So cool. Also, um, Batman has a moment in this book where he like is like sneaking up on people, and they're like uh, something like God, and it's like no, not God. Something worse, <laughs> or like what? It's like it's so something good. Worse. I love it. Uh, it's it's perfect. Um, I kind of like something he's doing already. Zadarsky is like, he's getting hit with this robot thing, and Bat, like, you got Bruce, like, fighting, and he was like, it, like, not something you see often. He's like, oh, fuck, I, I'm gonna die if I stay here. Like, yeah, I can't yeah, fight yeah. this fucking I gotta, thing. I gotta get the fuck <laughs> I gotta go out. now. Yeah. Which is not something you usually get from his, like, any kind of internal monologue with him, which I think is kind of cool. 
And and yeah, like the entire Bat family's going after him. And he's like, no, 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 he's going to kill them. Like, it's it's his, like, parental instinct kicking of being like, no, like, Duke and Stephanie, and, like, you, like, Cassandra, you guys gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and all of this, he's, he's, tr- so Failsafe is, like, it, it's sparking a memory for him, but he, like, can't, it's, like, familiar, but it's, like, he has to regress. It's like an aber. He, he says failsafe is familiar, but familiar doesn't mean the same thing when you have a mind that remembers everything. It's an aberration, a fault line running clean across my memory. There's a ticking clock in the back of my head, and in order to regress and remember where failsafe came from, he goes into the Batcave and dresses up as Zurina, fucking Grant Morrison, Psycho Batman. Dude. Fucking rules. Batman with no moral compass, that's never good for anybody. Unhinged, <laughs> sociopathic, uh, completely, un- just like, yeah, it's fucking rules. I'm so excited. Lo- the, the fucking outfit costume reveal, and it looks so fucking cool, too. Yeah, I can't like, wait It's the same to outfit, it. but like in his, uh, Jorge Jimenez's art, it looks fucking awesome. Yep. It was, it was the biggest, like, shock and excitement I've had from a reveal in a very long it's time. Like, oh, shit. It's like, oh, God! <laughs> Was not expecting yeah, and this that is like all. a week after fucking um, Rom, Rom V, v kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, hitting, hitting us with the uh, fucking uh, Barbados. Like everyone yeah, is like, just oh, bringing up the weirdest Grant Morrison shit from from their run on Batman, and I am hyped yeah. for it. Well, this is which the, is just yeah. the Alien from the fifties, right? Yes, of course. This is I think the that's al- where it started. I think they well, yes. yeah, I think Morrison in, in like classic Grant Morrison oh, in classic. In classic Grant Morrison fashion, they took a stupid story from the 60s and turned it into something badass and weird. Uh, So yeah, originally Zurina was a alien from the planet like Talo or some shit, and like they wanted to like defend their planet the way Batman did, so they dressed up like fake Batman in their weird outfit. And then uh, when in Grant's run, it was like they did like regression therapy, and like Zurina is like the last words that his father said like it was like zorro and yeah, arkham it's like what came out of his brain when they did that it's yeah like, oh, shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah his dad was trying to say like they would put zorro and arkham if if he were alive today and, like yeah, and and it just got like it got blurred, scramblies right? brain scramblies yeah. in his in his little child mind and now this is Dude, i forgot yeah, that morrison run is Woo! <sighs> so yeah it's just a, a lot, precursor a to uh what we're gonna be talking <laughs> about later with some mind fuckery so uh yeah, yeah that's awesome. my pick it was fucking awesome i i am so psyched I'm dude, two issues in. Fucking, I'm here for it. And the backup we talked about a little bit. It's Catwoman backup. It's been great. Yeah, She's trying tracking to find, down uh, Penguin's kids, and they're all dead. So, or murderers. Yes. <laughs> uh, most of them are dead for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who, uh, who would? How, how does the penguin have kids? Who would? That, who that would? comes up a lot. Who could possibly? Actually, they talk about that, <laughs> dude. He's. Well, it's a it's a crude answer, but he's fucking rich. Yeah. Ew. That's the answer. Yep. Gross. Also, Gross. he fucks birds, so he's cold blooded. Like I don't know. Yeah. It's cold blooded. And then is his penguin looks like Danny DeVito from Batman. He Returns. does. It's it's great. It's great. <laughs> Sorry. No. All right. So don't want to alienate any penguin shaped listeners Jesus that might be Christ. out there. <laughs> For any of our penguin listeners out yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh. Uh, my pick is 
X-Men Red, number five, by Al Ewing, Stefano Caselli, and Federico Blee. I'm so happy they did an issue about this. Yeah, we found out what Day. happened I'm during so happy Judgment they did Day. It. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. So, was it two weeks ago we talked about Judgment Day, right? Yeah, something, something like, that, like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about how uh, Druig released Uranus, which is like the grandfather of Thanos, onto Mars to kill Araco. Um, because, you know, it's a whole planet of, like, millions of war-toughened uh, war um, mutants. And they're like, well, how are we going to handle them? Because we can't have them messing up our plans for Krakoa. So they release this guy who has been in stasis for centuries. And they're like, all right, we'll give you one hour. So he goes, and we finally get to see what happens. And... He slaps his dick on the entire planet. On the entire planet. He he does a whole genocide. (laughs) Also, he's like celestial-sized? He's giant. Maybe not celestial-sized, but he's he's huge. He's he's bigger than Thanos, it feels like. He's fucking Yeah, he's like, he's like, like, uh, I don't know, he's a decent, decent size. He's he's a big boy, but that, God, there's, all right. He's bigger than a bread box, for sure. This issue was fucking awesome. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, this whole issue is essentially the fight and the the last stand of uh Araco and Well something we talked about before was like, oh, how the fuck did this happen because of Iska? Well, turns out she uh oh, yeah. she flipped. Yeah. And now she's on the uh cele- she's on the eternal side, so that answered that. Right, her question. her immune power <laughs> is Called that she it. her immune power yeah. is that she never loses unless it's in, yeah. unless it's in a bet with Sunspot. Um Right, right. Uh, <laughs> she won. That was the point. She won the bet, but he tricked he tricked her into getting what he wanted. Basically, yeah. No, if yeah. she had accepted, she would have uh, lost. She didn't accept it. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because his was, I bet you Magneto wins. That's right. And then, oh, and we're <laughs> anyway, we're done. Yeah, we're uh, <laughs> we're getting out. Of anyway, time. yeah. So, uh, if she senses, you know, um, dire stakes and that. Uh, her side is going to lose, she'll flip because her mutant ability literally won't let her lose. So, yeah. Kurt, knowing this, they're like, someone has to take her off the table, and he's like, alright, that's my job, and just fucking teleports her away from everyone, which is yeah. amazing, and also really sad because he just like gets his arm dislocated in like a split yeah. second, and yeah. presumably is somewhere dead, maybe. I don't no, know. he he well, showed up to him. the Quiet Council. Krakoa. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah, on the he Quiet g- Council. He makes it back. Oh, yeah, okay. he like warned him about it. So he, because I think he's the one that told him about Cable. So he made it back. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. he was he was the one that In was like, Day. yeah, scrambling back to Earth, yeah. like broken and bloodied, like, yeah. but freaking the fuck out. So that's that's where he ended up after um, that. Iska fights Xylo, the, the the sea monster. I think it was that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's, Other than the Magneto stuff, the fucking the three panels that Legion was in was like so fucking badass. Yeah, Legion, Legion and Uranus, like because that shit was awesome. Legion shows up, who you know, like one of the most powerful entities on Krakoa. Because whoever, whatever's whoever's doing the narration, I think it's like the Eternal. It might be him. Like Uranus is doing it. He talks about like him being one of the it's most like, powerful beings in existence. Yeah, Legion. That is. The, yeah, the whole book, the whole issue is kind of like 
24 style like countdown yeah. just like <laughs> yeah, how many yeah. how many minutes have passed and like yeah you know who is kind of like uh reminding you of who is fighting uranos at yeah just like time. how they're like he, he's just like yeah this is gonna get messy like let's go basically outside up to space right and then like two panels later uranos just comes <laughs> back down and the text yeah. says david holler is gone i'm like Oh fuck! Okay, that's like, what well, we're that, dealing that with. Didn't so, work. I, I like how it was it was in very quick succession. It's like we're gonna try this. No, that didn't work. How about this? Yeah. No, that didn't work. <laughs> so Legion gets taken off like real quickly. The man, I'm interested to see because I think we're going to see the fight um, in Legion of X. Uh, oh yeah, but also uh, from that book, we know that uh, David kind of has created a physical space in the astral plane called the Altar. So yeah. maybe that's where he is. I don't know. I've, that's kind yeah. of was my guess. Um, and then Cable comes out with a with with guns. His plan big, is the, this, giant the biggest fucking, fucking gun. gun. As usual, <laughs> it's guns, and it's just it's it's the biggest gun imaginable. I just love the lead-ins for everything they try because, like, the guns. Like, yeah, this gun will be created here. It's been outlawed in all yeah. wars. He used it for four minutes and it blew up. And it weakened Uranus, and that's it. It's like, oh, cool. It's yep, been, you're fucked. It's been completely outlawed in like the future. <laughs> the gun hasn't even been invented yet, and then it's yeah, also it been subsequently banned. Him. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's and it's like a the most nineties like it's like a like a sun oh, gun. Yeah, yeah, it it's is nineties awesome. as fuck. <laughs> it shoots a big rectangle beam. Yeah, love it. Yep. Love it. Gotta love cable. Yeah, they call it, it's classified as a weapon of absolute destruction. Yep. And then Magneto <laughs> has uh, Dude, a... It wasn't. Like a material uh, material recreator, like a mutant that can like just create... Um, like metal spikes, basically. Yeah, well, I'm guessing he can just create matter. Uh, yeah. But he, he has him create like an endless stream of ammo for Magneto. And he's just like he's shooting. He's just like puking them out, yeah, which is great. <laughs> shooting like rebarb at, uh, at Uranus, <laughs> which is dope. And yeah. uh, then Magneto just gets his, he gets his heart ripped out. He got Thanos. Yeah. He just punched right through his fucking chest. Yeah. Like I knew everyone was going to like get fucked, but like, watching this like oh they're trying this and then magneto gets punched even knowing kind of what happens i'm like oh they're real fuck now like very <laughs> like, also I mean, the, but to be fair he gets his heart ripped out and is still alive so i don't know what the fuck like dude, the yeah well that yeah that that's was so fucking cool yeah so the the ending is essentially uranus leaving and they're like you know uh he didn't make sure that anyone was alive, but on Rock Araka, you always make sure. And the the guy who creates matter was like a lot, uh, like comes up because he was hidden by um the the sea creature, and then and the eyeball ladies or thing is still technically alive, I think. Too, yeah. Right? yeah, but then it but then it's like you always make sure, and and down comes Magnus, and he doesn't have a heart anymore, and he's fucking like keeping himself alive. With his powers, dude, like moving he the Tony Stark. To, he Tony Stark himself. He did Tony Tin Stark. Man, Tin Man's got no heart. Man. He's like dude. moving <laughs> his blood through his powers. Like it looks awesome. Looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
And I'm, now, like, now you whole, just like made you said, him like mad. The, just like the leader, like yeah, you you always make sure on Araku. It's like yeah, that's fucking what a badass fucking way to come back. <laughs> like I was like, I don't, I don't really think about like Magneto is like my second favorite character ever, and I don't really think like uh, it's like I kind of forget that sometimes until I read a Magneto story, especially Ewing. His Magneto is yeah, amazing. Man. It's like yeah, so, Ewing so and Hickman awesome are both red. really good at it. Like at, at yeah. Magneto's voice specifically, just he's got he's such an interesting character because he's got so much grandeur and like uh, bold personality, and they really capture it really well. Yeah, it was great, book and it looked amazing. Was, was so fucking good in yeah. this book was awesome. It was uh, pretty much what like. Exactly what I wanted to see from this. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. I'm excited for the the clap back. I want to see. I, I, yeah. I hope they get to fight Uranus again. Dude, I kind of do too because I feel like I kind of don't. Man, <laughs> they'll get fucked. I know. I I don't know. Like I'm, I'm yeah, like, who do they have left? Yeah, they got everyone still on Krakoa. Yeah, yeah, but no one's and, as powerful as Legion. Like. They could bring him back. Well, Legion is, and what RJ was saying, he may not even be dead because he's. I mean, if he been a if he died off himself. panel, then he's not dead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. yeah, <laughs> and yeah, but you got some, you got some heavy hitters still, but still, it's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is what I wanted from, uh, like all of um, Ten of Swords to be just like this. Oh monstrous battle tournament and war that was going on it was still really cool but like that's what i was expecting that's just a full-on yeah, full yeah on this duel. felt like a dragon ball z fight yeah absolutely yeah. it was great <laughs> and that's you'll get me a hundred percent of the time that's one of that. the reasons why Ewing <laughs> is so great because you can do like super cool heady you know like building big plan big brain stuff yeah. and then you can also just do cool action stuff here's the ultimate fucking bad guy let's see what yeah everyone in mutantdom can do against it nothing okay we'll give him a try next and time we've, we've seen like really powerful opponents before but i mean nothing builds scale better than fucking taking down a planet full of mutants <laughs> right. in, in an hour and take down legion <laughs> and magneto like yeah pretty well Yeah, you really set the benchmark yeah exactly pretty well established now at this point all right. Well, speaking of uh, really cool art, I don't know. I got nothing. I'm going to do Moon Knight, number 14, by Jed McKay, uh, Alessandro Capuccio, and Rochelle Rosenberg. Um, so throughout this, we've, you know, Moon Knight, we talked about a bunch already uh, with the whole Midnight Mission. They're really kind of finally now, over the last couple issues, the other personalities have started to come out. And uh, this issue is pretty great. It all takes place while he's fighting somebody. Uh, these actually these two like people that have been like sent to kill him because they're tired of Moon Knight getting in their shit. And while this fight's going on, you have Mark, Stephen Grant, and shit. Is it the uh, third Lee? one? Yes, Jake. Jake Lockley. Jake, yes. They're all having a conversation while he's fighting these people. 
So like, and they all have their own area. So like, uh, Mark is sitting in front, like we've seen him in front of the statue and like in the Mr. Knight outfit, uh, Lockley's in the bar. You have Stephen Grant, like in a boardroom and they're all just kind of talking about like how Mark is using his DID as an excuse to like, not actually like take control and do anything and go to therapy to try to control his other personalities. And the other two were like, look, we're not what causes all of the problems in your life. We're stronger together. We all have great aspects of each other. We need to work together. We're not out of control. You just need to like accept it and work through it, like actually work through the trauma. Cause they talk about like, Hey, look, all those things that have happened to you, like your wife leaving, uh, the whole him taking over the world with conscious, like that wasn't your DID, bro. That didn't cause the problem. <laughs> like <laughs> we're true. here to help you. <laughs> and now like you've burned through all of my, our money, uh, that I made you like, and all this stuff. Um, and it was just a really cool way to show that internal struggle. Cause you have three just separate personalities in there that are all having a conversation. And ultimately he kind of gets the idea. It's like all while doing that, plus working together with actual people outside of his brain, like the, the other fist and Tigra we've had and just kind of coming to grips and action. And Reese. Well, a lot. Well, yeah, in this particular issue, it's Mm. uh, the two of them show up, but like, yeah, they talk about Reese. He's like, Oh, I don't want to tell her what's going on. I don't want to scare her off. And they're like, are you, are you stupid? Like you you think that's going to get rid of her? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, she's literally a vampire. Are you fucking kidding? Right. right. So he's like, you know, it's it's it was a really great way to work through that, have that internal monologue and like really get a, a great insight into the character. It was a really well done um real really well done issue uh and it was cool for them to really cuz they've been building into it. It was great to have McKay like attack like really tackle that part of the character um and like kind of make it a strength which i think is really interesting so instead of like personalities taking over and doing shit it's just like no man we're all we're we're all for one and one for all like we're the three musketeers up in here (laughs) let's get our shit together (laughs) so we can we can get so we can get so you can be happy basically because mark has kind of been like the Mm. the primary for lack of a better term um to kind of handle business but it's like look man we're all here we're all in it together we all loved your wife like we all hurt when you hurt like let's work together so we can actually be happy for once so it was a really cool issue i I really liked it and this run's been great we talked about the first trade a couple weeks ago or last season i think and it's uh it's continues to be really good yeah this art i just cannot say enough about this art holy shit i don't I don't understand how it glows. I don't get it. Mm. It's fucking, it's so <laughs> impressive to me. Like the moon and all of the whites, they tr- like, they, like, it looks like it's glowing off the page and it's just so cool. Yeah, that's Rochelle Rosenberg fucking killing it. It's over incredible, here. man. Yep. We just need Frenchie Good. <laughs> we do need Frenchie back. That would make everything we'll be, better. And we'll be locked With in the, and we'll have the whole crew. The, the moon copter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh boy. Well, maybe when they get all their money back, they'll get yeah, a, yeah. they'll get a new moon copter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing you buy back after you get your money back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, how else all are you right. going to get around? 
Y'all ready to fucking do this? Oh boy. This no. feels right. like uh, the most inevitable episode imaginable. Right? I've just been I, screaming so about we this. Just, since should this we just wait till you're done? Just take a deep <laughs> breath, Casey, and see how far you can go. Yeah, I'm really worried us. that I don't have the energy for this, but here we go. I'm gonna, I, I, I will chant, just channel my energy. I'm, I'm bringing it all <laughs> to the table for you, Adam. All it's right, Graham so, Morrison time, guys. It is Graham Morrison time. Buckle in. So before Grant Morrison, in 1987, Alan oh Moore was writing Swamp Thing and Watchmen, and people were going fucking nuts for it. Critical acclaim, fans were loving it, everybody's loving it. So the- We should do Swamp Thing. We should do Swamp Thing. That's a sign that we should definitely <laughs> the do that. Comics uh, were like, we need the Beatles over here. <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah. So the DC execs say, hmm, mm-hmm. maybe British people are fucking insane. Let's go see if we can find some British people. And guess who they found? They didn't find British people. They found Scottish people. Yeah, uh, they found they found a they found a Grant. They found a Grant. Morrison. They also invasion. found they also found a Neil Gaiman at the same time. So that headhunting mission found some fucking freaks, and we're all well, better that's for like, it. And like, uh, what, like Pete Milligan and uh-huh. uh, Ennis. Is and- Karen Berger just responsible for like? The greatest generation of comics. One hundred percent. Yes, she like, is. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder why people were so mad when they when fired her. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, because yeah. like everything I read from this, I'm like, oh yeah, that's such a great book. I'm like, it, it, editor Karen Berger. I'm like, yep. yep. All right, of course it is. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's she. Yeah, the champion of good comic writing, like it's... Renaissance in the fucking early '90s. Berger um, books, man. Yep. Yeah, man. So, uh, so yeah, so then in walks, uh, Grant Morrison from, uh, (laughs) the shadow of fucking Alan Moore, um, who was sick of, uh, the utter pessimism, I guess, that, that Grant Moore, that, uh, that Alan Moore brings to the table and kind Mm. of wanted to deconstruct the- They definitely have a very- different outlook on comics and life when it comes to how yeah they no uh, s- someone someone described i think it's in the the super gods like the documentary about grant morrison someone describes them as like being two sides of the same coin where like yeah alan moore mm. takes superheroes and drags them down into human problems and grant morrison takes human problems and elevates them to superhero so it's this like optimism and pessimism in like perfect like opposite harmony you know what i mean anyway it's really great reading both of them especially in this era like this animal man being at the same time as swamp thing or very close to it it's like very similar but couldn't be more different also yeah and it's crazy uh i just wanted to add uh so one of the recurring things on this show has also been um, talking about runs that like redefine a character, like mm-hmm. you know, we did that with Thor. Talked a bunch about how you know people took uh like control of a run and just kind of breathe new life into it. I can't, I can't overstate enough how much <laughs> of a nothing character Animal Man was before this. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that is the nothing. whole point of the story. That is the whole point of the story. Just so. Right. Like it's it, it's fun it's funny because like you bring on Grant Morrison you give them <laughs> Animal Man like oh we'll we'll give them Animal Man let's see who what they do with shit? that Whatever. and then it's just like they probably didn't even oh, know wait. who Animal Man was oh holy shit like, <laughs> no comes- actually they they chose Animal Man. oh yeah and given like, and given a whole yeah. swath of DC history with well, which to pluck uh really random characters from when when uh, you and being off the tails of Infinite Crisis or Crisis on Infinite Earths. 
this was this was where they decided was like, to go perfect, with it. Well, yeah. when you, so they just when walk you in the read... door and go, "Hi, I'm Grant Morrison. Where do you guys keep the Animal Man?" And they're like, <laughs> when, <laughs> "When you read the the Mirror Master issue, and the it starts yeah. with a with a uh, credit thanks to John Broom and Gardner Fox and Carmen Infantino, you're like, yep. you know, this is a person who obviously cares, and like, right. th- there is no better uh spokesperson for 60s and 50s dc than than grant truly that's why this run shines because they take this character and pluck them out of his obscurity and put them into these situations and then those situations become about being plucked out of obscurity and the yeah. way yep. the yeah. way that continuity yep. in comics is so controlled and manipulated for the entertainment of the of the reader mm-hmm. and how so many characters get get lost in the in the so basically there's a huge part of this plot that is just psycho pirate in Arkham Asylum losing his fucking mind because he's the only person that remembers DC the way it was before Crisis on <laughs> Crisis on Infinite yeah. Earth and, so he's and like buddy for some reason. It, well, buddy, and also, um, uh, what was his, his name? Uh, no, something high, <laughs> high water. J- Jim Highwater is like this guy that just shows up out of nowhere to drag uh, to drag Buddy into, and Buddy being Animal Man, I don't know, is uh, Buddy yeah, Baxter, Buddy Baker, Buddy Baker. There it is. Um, and yeah, so like this random character comes out of nowhere to drag Buddy into this whole like, cr- like it's it's essentially an existential crisis packaged as a deconstruction of the medium that is comic books uh, so it's like buddy going through they have a whole peyote trip because of course they do because this is a grant morrison book and <laughs> meeting the the creator and seeing the continuum of all things and like being able to tap past it now uh, yeah. yeah i know but Let's like circle back to the beginning you read too much of it this weekend <laughs> Woo! um but it's all crucial because, like, this first storyline is with the Bawana Beast. And I don't know if y'all are aware, Bawana Beast is another character from the 60s that was stupid and probably should have been left in the 60s. But Grant Morrison said, fuck y'all. Here we go. You can so, tell yeah, this Bawana- character is, uh, you can tell Animal Man is, like, a nothing burger because his powers are to take th- for 30 minutes the ability of an animal that's nearby. <laughs> There, there's it's no yeah. so more, specific. There's no more 60s or like 40s power than that. Like yeah. I also like how his powers are are wireless. Like he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to touch. <laughs> he doesn't have to touch. He it. has yeah, like yeah. animal Sense Wi-Fi. Yeah. He has to be. He just has to. Yeah. He, just he has to, to sense nearly. them nearby. Um, so it's this first ridiculous. story arc, um, <laughs> which I there's also some incredible uses of that very silly power in this first story arc. So we get. An introduction to Buddy Baker, everyday fam- family man. He's got a wife and two kids and a dog and a picket fence. And it's all very, like... And he's a superhero. Slice of life. And also, yeah, he's a superhero that doesn't have a secret identity. So his wife is, like, trying to help him uh, figure out what his power... The limit of his powers are because he's been out of the game for so long. He, like, found himself in a Who's Who magazine, which is also a, another meta reference It's a to, meta reference, yeah, because that's, yeah. like, their old, uh, like... Uh, encyclopedia they, like, of encyclopedia characters, of basically. Characters, yeah. I love how and, he keeps taking, like, pot shots at Blue Beetle. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, he's like, how the fuck Love did Blue it. Beetle get in the Justice League? And, like, and what did he even fucking? Like, Martian Manhunter's like, I don't actually know. <laughs> he's, he's like, I actually up. have powers. I can, I, like, I just love that Martian Manhunter throws him under the bu- but the bus, and he's just like, I don't I don't really know how. Yeah, <laughs> Blue yeah, Beetle coming. Well, it, go, it comes up a lot. Like, yeah, he just Buddy Baker's got a problem with Blue Beetle, man. Yeah, well, because he's rich and he's like got him. tech. That's it. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so he's like trying to figure out his powers, and we get a really good like. We immediately are really invested in his wife and kids, and it's this more like slice of life than we've really gotten superheroes to be. Like usually, it's like we were just talking about in in Batman. Like, dude, sad, cannot get his shit together with Selena, cannot like let his family be happy. <laughs> like it's like this one is the opposite, right? Well, and- this is the the two. This is also the uh, the eighties where, like, right off of. Crisis on Infinite Earths, where everyone is trying to like do something new, like Alan Moore with Swamp Thing or Miller yep, yeah. with Daredevil. Like everyone is trying to evolve past the kind of like kitschy, you know, superhero thing. And Grant, totally, yeah. And Grant does that too, but also, well, you know, like bringing that along with it. Yeah, yeah. I like it, his son it, Cliff. Mm-hmm. He's a whole vibe man. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's great. Cliff. Cliff is definitely a vibe with a mullet. His son Cliff is like, he's like Cliff Steele to me. Like, he's just child Cliff Steele mm. <laughs> from Doom Patrol. Like, his whole vibe it just what, re- is reeks What does he say to him? He's like, why don't you get some real powers, Dad, or something? Yeah, at some point, yeah, because Martian Manhunter helps him out. Yeah. He's like, I was like, dude, that, that's cold, yeah, bro. Yeah. I like how he's, he just goes like, hi, Cliff, how's school? He's like, give me a bag and I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's and he's like talking to his kid. dad while his dad is like basically saving the universe. And he's like, "Dad, I gotta go. Metallica just came on MTV." <laughs> also, yeah. uh, to, incredible. Also, <laughs> to a little, you know, just like what I was saying earlier. But like, this book <clears throat> opens with him saving a cat from a tree. Yes, yeah, one hundred percent. Great, dude. It's perfect. And then using uh, and then, the cat's abilities to land on his feet. Yep, perfect. It's exactly. incredible. It's so good. And then, but it, it's, you know, it's great because right out of the right out of the gate, you give us a, a good like no stakes reason to show us how his powers work. Yeah, yeah. of course, great. Um, and similarly to uh, Swamp Thing, uh, Alan Moore trying to tell us that humans are a waste of life and uh, they're Dude, destroying unreal. everything. Uh, and Alan, Moore, not- Alan Moore says that very specifically. <laughs> and, like, and he's not wrong either, but <laughs> nope. um, in the same way, Grant Morrison went into this book specifically to showcase animal rights issues. So this first storyline, oh, yeah. we get Boana Beast. And Boana Beast was a character. He was, he was like a colonialist fucking explorer, just like ultra white guy who goes to like- Like the uh, like chosen fucking, one. like Yeah. Yeah, he crashes his plane in, in the mount, mountains of Kilimanjaro and becomes the white god. He becomes the Bolana beast, who's like the savior of Africa. Great. Cause, good job, cause of, 60s. Because of course he is. Yeah, yeah. Good job, 60s. So Grant Morrison takes this opportunity to take this character and rewrite them for a modern age in multiple ways. And the first way that they do that is uh, Bolana beast uh, comes to America to track down his uh his like best friend and like family member who's named Juba and Juba is a mutant red ape who was okay. also from the original We can cut this comic. out but are they fucking They're kind of fucking. They're definitely I think. Okay. fucking. All right. <laughs> I, I was going to say cuz you said like, 
best friend. I was like, wow, oh. <laughs> family member, lover. I don't know. Who knows? Let's let you know. Assume it's definitely a familial co- connection in some way, right? Yeah, they, it's it's they very type. Steve Austin and Sasquatch from uh, from the Venture Brothers. It's like a very oh my similar. God. Like yes. if they were, I wouldn't be surprised, but if they're not, like I get it, you know. Yeah, yeah, they are in love way. platonically at the very least. So yeah, so uh, Juba <laughs> was was taken by these uh, by Star Labs and Dude, has been Star Labs fucking Just Star Labs pieces of shit. And yeah, Star Labs has been experimenting on her and many other apes in order to create a mutant anthrax bio weapon. Good job, so Star like Labs. How- I like how it takes us a few issues to get to that because Animal Man originally gets called because the lab, Buana Beast goes to the lab and melds all these fucking apes together. together. It's just yep. like apes mutant piles. It's, it's just a, a big, Cronenberg pile of so, apes. Yeah, it's Buana a big critter Beast, ball of apes. Buana Beast <laughs> has this ability to merge animals together in a... And create hybrid in a, animals. Like, yeah. a, like a Cronenberg, you know... Wet when done properly, like they just like fuse together and make hybrid animals right. which yeah. is, comes up later and it's fucking normally awesome normally it works and like yeah. or I guess this yeah, worked but like or is it well I think what happened was like he was he trying to do also... too many he could only merge right. two animals together and yeah. when he tried to do it with too many it turned into a Cronenberg nightmare monster yeah. Yeah. Um, he could also merge animals with people which he does a couple times oh we will talk about well. that I but, like the Cronenberg like, uh, is just an adjective now yeah mm-hmm. Well, you know exactly what I just like how Star Labs just completely lies to them. It's Voltron if it's not gross. And it's Cronenberg if it's gross. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that's a Um, good way to put it. But yeah, basically Star Labs calls him and he's like, why is this a superhero issue? And they're like, because of that monstrosity. And they're like, you have to help us. We're working on a really important AIDS vaccine. Uh, Also, also, I do want to fucking point out that this is 1991 and we're only... A couple years off the heels of Ronald Reagan mentioning AIDS for the first time in his entire fucking yeah. administration. So mentioning AIDS in this book multiple times was fucking yeah, groundbreaking. There is a there's, there's a, a, lot a of few shit. things yeah. in these few issues that it's like holy yeah I was shit. I was surprised I was surprised by when you get to this, the last the freedom Beast. yeah well. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we'll get there. Um, yeah. We're I, get I, there. I like that Animal Man doesn't immediately try to gain whatever powers he can from the giant blob of simians. <laughs> oh God, why yeah, would he's you like, want no, to? I don't want to. I don't want to touch that. I'm good. Like, oh, I gained the... their power to be what do you repulsively get? Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I also I... love in between all of this like intrigue, we just have him going about his day as a superhero. Pro- patrolling town and this kid wants his autograph and he's like oh animal man i thought you were Aquaman." <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then like fucking superman just like plops down and is like hey just wanted to say hi i was in the neighborhood also flying yeah. somewhere animal else. man so, in the 90s at this point only a little bit better than animal man <laughs> yeah, like what like a peter david run yeah, Same idea, just in like, yeah, he's at least in the Justice League. Right? He had but more the- notoriety for longer, I think, is the thing yeah. that makes Aquaman a little bit better than Animal Man at this yeah, point. Yeah. But his, well, his whole mission right now is to track down the, we just kind of glazed right over this, the giant cockroach that did all of this. Ah, yeah, that yes. leads right into what we figure out why. And the he gains, the, he gains the smell power from dogs that they've clearly been abusing because he's like why do i feel so fucked oh, up yeah. after why am after, i so yeah. fucking sad and they're like yeah, don't worry yeah. about it yeah um 
Yeah, and and I do love that in in Buddy's like innocence at the beginning of this run, he's just he goes into Star Labs and he's like, "Huh, okay, working on AIDS vaccine. Those dogs look sad. Oh well, gotta go." And he's like, he's yeah. being hired by the villains who are very yeah. clearly the yeah. villains. Um, and then and then works his way through it. Um, yeah, but he yeah, gets through it eventually. So yeah, it was a giant cockroach that destroyed the facility, and then Animal Man has to fight a giant rat creature. And yeah, it turns out it was just Bolanabee's uh, m- merging people with uh, rats and cockroaches to do his bidding. And when that didn't work, <laughs> yeah. that didn't was work, it. He had to go himself. Yes, that was it. He happened. tried to merge them from a distance and it fucked up. And that this is yeah. him now oh. doing. He's like, well, if I can't send my yep. my homunculi monsters to do my work, I, I guess I, I got to do, do it. it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Never, um, so never yeah, send he the homunculi the- to do them. Never. So, yeah. in the process of fighting the giant fucking rat person monster, oh, the yeah. thing takes his fucking arm off, and he is bleeding mm. out of the street dying, and the fucking coolest way that you could use this 60s dumbass power yeah. is, as he's lying in the ground bleeding out, he feels down into the concrete and feels earthworms, and he grows yep. his own fucking arm back, and just, and, and it also describes in great detail the body horror that is growing your yep. own arm back. Um, and I love that. He never like does the, that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, he just, they just scream a lot and then an arm comes yeah. out and that's pretty uh, much it. But know? yeah, but, but this, it's a lot of just like, oh God, the, the joints are popping and cracking and the ligaments. Oh fuck. It's, this is like one of my incredible. favorite moments in the whole series. And one that is like one of my selling points for the comic, because it's one, the, like one of the things that had stuck with me for, 10 plus years after yeah. you know having not yeah. reread this for a while. Yeah. There's a couple different ways like I think we talked we we like hinted at earlier like he uses bacteria. He replicates bacteria later in the series. Copies of himself. And yeah. copies himself like fucking multiple fucking man. Cool. So yeah. there's like a lot of really fucking cool things you can do with this power set that like just on the surface even before he gets like super like juiced up by the aliens later on. So um, I'm yeah. I'm fuzzy on the rules here. So he gets he gets power from animals specifically, but like also can manipulate like bacterium and stuff like I that. I think it comes from eventually. Like he can get well. That it's, there's well, a reason why it changes though. Yeah, but we can get to that later. But like, yeah, why can't he take Superman's ability? Well, because Superman's not change. a human, and humans yeah. are humans are animals, but Superman is not a human. He is an alien. The rules change about halfway through this trade. Yeah. It's so, okay. Let's just fucking get into it. We'll get it's, it. We'll get it. He's connected to the morphogenic field of all creation because he's connected to the. If we talk about it, it's really the red. Ultimately, he's connected to the red, but also, yeah, he's connected to all living things through the morphogenic field that the aliens grafted him to. So he was created on purpose by these like little yellow aliens that Grant Morrison also finds plucked out of obscurity to turn into these like <laughs> architects of continuity. So these fucking <laughs> little yellow aliens are, they created um, the totem that Vixen uses to get her powers. They created the Buana Beast's helmet that give him his powers and they created and, like, the potion thing. That yeah. He drinks, the, the elixir yeah. that gives him super strength. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they created the spaceship that blew up in Buddy Baker's face. And we get to see multiple times where they go back into the history of Animal Man. And we yeah. see his 60s origin in which he's got a crew cut and everything is very 60s. <laughs> and he's talking about exactly what he's doing at all times because it's the 60s. 
And he's like, oh, golly gee, I can, I'm going to fight this lion and this gorilla at the same time. I have the strength of a gorilla. And like, it's like 60s as hell. And then the aliens are like, well, look, that's something's wrong. He's way too young. He's not as old as I remember. He's not, he's, he's much more like, he's, he's more well constructed. He's not as simple. So they like rewrite his origin to be in the 90s. And it's like, him and his buddy with their fucking mullets and their punk rock jackets. And yeah, they just, just like, were going hunting and they fucking, find this fucking spaceship. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I also so love how little his costume has to do with his powers. Oh, yeah. It's just the spandex. Well, like, he just had a skin tight spandex. Well, did you and want him like, to wear? Yo. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> I love how he throws on the Leopard fucking jacket. Print? He's like, yeah, I thought it would look cooler. Yeah, well, because he no, gets self conscious. It's just like, when just like whatever. It's, it's a suit. He has a suit with a big A on it. A on it? You know, yeah, it's a costume. He's, he's got a he's got goggles for some reason. It's better than his because he flies. <laughs> he doesn't want to get shit in his eyes. He doesn't want to get bugs, bugs in his eyes. I, said, I like that yeah. his costume has something to do with his yeah. powers. I, I just say I don't know what you want. You want him to be like walks out of like like just like animal decals. I want him to be everywhere? just like this. I like it because that would be <laughs> lame. It would be lame if he was like if he looked like Craven the Hunter, he, right? Like because he had to, yeah. Well, he can't. He'd have to dress like all animals. And that's gonna be. But hard he doesn't to hunt. Yeah. He doesn't want to harm <laughs> animals. <laughs> I'm just confused. <laughs> I want to know. I'm just. I'm. I'm saying I like it. RJ, stop yelling at me. I just want to know. <laughs> so uh, I like how. In this issue that we're all in the middle of, in this this when he regoes his arm, this issue starts off with him regrowing the arm, and we get it interspersed with ah the trauma, um, the the, the real trauma, trauma of Buana Beast and Juba because he can te- is like telepathically linked because of his powers of specifically Juba's be- being effectively tortured and yes, seeing because- multiple images of uh her crying in mm-hmm. uh that um. Getting introduced to him for the first time on this lion bat wing chimera thing, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, and then interspersed between his wife and his daughter, just like going to the lake for a nice day and uh, almost getting sexually assaulted and then just having animal abuse right in front of everything. It's like, yeah. what? like this issue was fucking wild. It's yeah, like lot. those guys, th- this dude, what, there's like a couple hunters that just go hunting, but one of them is there to hurt some cats and sexually abuse somebody like he has yeah. a, a very yeah so so um mm. maxine their daughter finds a, a a mama cat and a bunch of kittens and in the course of doing that the hunters walk up on her and they throw the mama cat to the dogs that they to have. their dogs yeah. to the yeah so the dogs tear them apart and in the course of trying to like de-escalate this situation um uh, his wife Ellen gets in the middle, and the guy is definitely about to rape her. Um, and they get saved by like the neighbor, and then they try to rescue these kittens. Most of them die, and one survives. And it's just like it's this real life trauma that really increases the stakes, and it feels so callous and pointless. Like it's so much pointless violence, and that is completely on purpose because later in the series when so the whole thing being about a deconstruction of continuity it ends the entire run ends with buddy meeting grant morrison and being like why the fuck did you do this to me because his family spoiler dies horribly so it's all this like what have he even mentions to grant morrison he's like what about those fucking hunters like there was never a trial where did those guys go? What was what was that about? 
And it's just like, oh no, they were just they were just an evil foil to progress the story. They were just there as mindless entertainment for us. And I love how like it's not the first time creators have deconstructed the the medium and interacted with their creations. Like uh, uh, Jack Kirby did it this, in right? Fantastic Four. Huh? We should explain what you're talking about. Him, I kind of did. Is this him meeting him, Morrison? Yeah, so she just oh. said yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Well, and you're fine. And um, just, but yeah, it's it's not it's not the first time that a creator has done that. But it's very tongue in cheek when Kirby does it with Fantastic Four, right? And it's very tongue in cheek when people do it nowadays, like when it's like Gwenpool does the same thing and Deadpool and like all these characters that are like meta and recognize you as a reader and recognize a creator. It's all very haha. It's done for laughs. This is such a fucking existential crisis. Like, this is... At one point, the aliens even say you have to beware for the second crisis. So, Buddy is thinking that it's going to be another crisis on Infinite Earths. But it is actually the existential crisis and the crisis that is losing his entire family for the sake of just yeah. our own in- entertainment. Well, um, it, it's meta for... for- resonance and like literary weight not exactly yeah meta it's it's, it's meta for this meta for the sake of why do these stories entertain us why do we need to have this blatant violence well that that serves no it purpose also could just be a commentary on the pointlessness of everything yeah well also really it, no, it's, it's an existential <laughs> crisis it's, it is but this is all coming wrapped into it like i mean it also works i mean like it it's really interesting coming off of crisis on infinite earth because mm-hmm. you have in reality yeah. a bunch of uh people in charge of writing a a shared universe going okay now we're going to reset that and like what is that well, what does that do to the actual characters? Like, yeah, you know, and we mean? see yeah, we see the limbo felt? that yeah. we see the limbo that is most of their existence now. Like yeah. all these different like psycho pirate uh, when he's losing his mind in Arkham are pulling. He's pulling like Ultraman and he's pulling like uh like the, the like uh I can't remember any of the names of them, but he's he's pulling all these obscure characters from the fold. And just trying to bring them back to life. And they're like, I was dead. I know I was dead. Why am I here? And mm. it's like, oh, well, because it's, we're, we're pulling you out of obscurity because the world is better when you exist. Um, anyway, that is a huge digression. Back to Bawana Beast. I just wanted to mention that specifically <laughs> because the, the violence that Ellen and, Max, and Maxine endure in that issue is... So over the top and horrific, yeah. it, it kinda, and that is not on accident. It, that is absolutely part of the whole. It thing. did. It did pull me out a little bit in, in the moment. It's like, wow, this gets heavy like, so fast. This whole run, if you're finishing, if you've read the whole thing, this half. I think we talked about this. This book here, and we'll get into a couple other things. It's a good mirror, no pun intended, for Pat. fucking mirror man, of the second half because it really, it really tease up everything he's uh that they're gonna do in the back half of this run with a lot of what casey just talked about with the power things that changed with stuff with his family uh yeah um, i'm curious like that i'm curious if this at all is 
plays into Grant's passion and obsession with Superman about a character yes. that has the ability like to go through hell for our entertainment, but is, you know, never wavers and like, you know, can take it because right. their power set lets them be invulnerable. Yeah. And this one is a, this, what if a guy can't take it? And what if a guy <laughs> well, cracks yeah, under yeah, the yeah. pressure and, yeah. and has to experience that despite not being able to, um, and yeah, and, and and this this first half is really interesting because yeah, we have the there's a four issue run with Buana Beast, and then we got Coyote Gospel, which don't worry, we'll say, I'm gonna get to Coyote you, Gospel in a second. Well, you pretty much just did like half of what you're gonna talk about in that, but um, <laughs> the end of the Buana Beast arc is so satisfying. Yes. Yeah. It's oh so my satisfying. god, it's the greatest. So so through all of this, uh, when when <laughs> so Buddy good. finally realizes what Star Labs is doing. He says and to Buana Beast and what Buana Beast is there for, right? It's yeah. like, oh, you're you're, you're here just to here to save your friend. Your f- yeah, yeah. So like he goes to Dr. Myers, who's like in charge of the whole thing in Star Labs, and he's like, I hope you live long enough to get what's coming to you. And oh boy, does he pretty much Holy immediately. Shit, because well, Ju- did, Juba did, dies immediately of the anthrax thing, and Buana Beast uses his power to merge the uh juba with dr myers and then dr myers is taken back into the lab and experimented on and that's the ending of the book and it's like that is the most fucking satisfying karma like that's also where the series was supposed to end yeah because it was supposed to be a limited series (laughs) yeah it's supposed to be a mini series yeah but Can you fucking imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really i really like how uh animal man uses because the whole thing is a like this this red ape has um this super anthrax and now this weaponized anthrax. yeah and now Buana Beast <laughs> just from like being near it also has super anthrax weirdly yes. enough buddy doesn't catch it even after fighting the guy who just caught it that i thought was interesting but then buddy uses his power to interact with like Buana Beast's red blood cells so like yep. and create like super blood cell. He basically makes him white like blood immune cells. to sick uh, white yeah. blood cells. Yeah, yeah. He he, he pretty much just makes so, him like he's, he's he never gonna white, get sick again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'll probably wear off. But he he boosted well, the white minutes. blood cells. <laughs> he boosted the white blood cells to fight off the anthrax. So he Which like awesome. helped Buana Beast survive it, and then and then brought uh Dude, just Juba's oh, corpse back to the uh back to the uh um facility so that. So good. Yeah. So Buana that whole thing with merging, combine them together. Oh, that's so yeah, fucked up. And he's trying it's to so say his up, name. Fuck that dude. Yeah. Fuck that dude forever. And he's like on the. He's being strapped to the table, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I guess, I guess she did survive. All right, here we go." It's like, and he's he's saying he's like my my ears my. He's like trying to say his own name, but he's a fucking ape, <laughs> and it's just. Oh, just man. just being experimented on in his own experiment. It, that's such a Twilight mm-hmm. Zone ending. Yeah, it's dude. so good. It's great. It's fucking yeah. great. Um, and then so we get the single issue that is probably my favorite issue out of of, of a, a, com- a sa- favorite single issue of a comic that's ever existed, and it's fucking Coyote Gospel. You and- you talked this up and you kept saying Coyote Gospel, Coyote Gospel, and this is not at all what I was expecting. <laughs> I don't think you could. You, I don't yeah. think you could. How could you have like, expected? Like when it got to the twist of this, I was like, because at first I'm like, okay, it's a skinwalker. That's why Casey really likes it. Then it's like you turn the page, nope. you're like, oh wait, holy shit! No, it's yeah, wild. It's wily coyote. Yeah, 
So it's also just an allegory start- for everything we've been talking about. For- yeah, yeah. It's, it is a well, microcosm. It's a piece. Yeah, they plop, he plops this in issue they, five, and you get a payoff 20 issues later. Yeah. <laughs> they pop, plop this in issue five. Oh, they um, pop, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah, they, it's basically um, in the foreword. Grant Morrison wrote their own foreword to this book back in 91, which is fucking hilarious to me. And um, they mentioned that Coyote Gospel was the first thing that they wrote, and it, it is a blueprint for the whole series. Um, yeah, that, that makes sense. And I also love that Buddy is... He is a... Uh, spectator in almost this entire series. He is always just looking on and jumping in to help, but he's never really the main character. And he definitely isn't in this issue. He's barely in it. Um, so the, some of the main characters are uh, this trucker who picks up this, this runaway girl. Um, he's trying to warn her not to do it. And he's basically being like, oh, you know, I lost my husband. And he's, he's saying like, you know, you're, you should go back. Whatever you're running from isn't worth it. And while they're having this conversation, he, oh, he also warns her, like, you're going to end up on Skid Row, like, turning tracks, like, that sort of thing. So, while they're having this conversation, uh, they hit what appears to be a coyote skinwalker-like person. It's, like, upright werewolf-looking coyote. I just love he's like, do you hit something? She's like, he's like, I don't know, maybe. Don't worry about it. No, <laughs> he, you, you he's know he saw. terrified. Yeah. Well, he's well, like, know he... he knows exactly yeah. what he hit and says, don't yeah. look back. Um, so they, they keep on driving and yeah, it resurrects itself. Uh, it, it goes through the body horror. Yeah. Some crazy body horror of like stitching its fucking ribs back together and inflating its lungs that are punctured and like all this shit. And years later, um, you know, like he, he's still mourning the death of his partner and like everything went bad. After he saw the devil in the desert, um, and he there's watched, he a, watched his. Huh. There's also a, a, a newspaper article about the girl he picked up. That was the yeah. final straw. So yeah, yeah that's he what broke him. He watched his husband go under the fucking wheels of a truck, and that's how his husband fucking died. Like he had gotten AIDS, but survived, was surviving, and then he watched him get hit the same way that what he calls the devil got hit by his truck, and that was bad enough. But then. He saw the headline of like a young prostitute like murdered on Skid Row, and he's like, "That's it, I'm done." So he goes out to kill the devil, which is Wiley Coyote. So I he, just uh, noticed there's another headline on this newspaper that says "scientist missing." Hmm. <laughs> he's not missing. Oh no, he's well, the, he, yeah. he's he right where he's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. He's right uh-huh. in his lab. <laughs> and we, we get some more body horror of him shooting Wiley Coyote in the chest, I falling love off a cliff. How he did classic Wiley Coyote <laughs> deaths for this. It was it was I the puff it. it was the puff of smoke when he lands that made me go, oh wait. Oh, yep. oh wait yep. a minute. Yeah, and, and then, then the rock, the rock he, ro- he drops a boulder oh, on him. So Th- this yeah, this this made me keep thinking about like okay, is it possible to do a live action Looney Tunes? No. It would be horrifying. It would be. It would that be too uncanny yeah. valley? Yeah, yeah, I think so. This would. This is too much. So then, uh, you know, Wiley Coyote trips a, a tripwire bomb and explodes and crawls out of the wreckage and and hands a scroll that he's been ha- holding oh around his neck God, to Buddy. And in he the just scroll, happened to be flying by, right? Buddy? Yeah, he was. He just fucking. Yeah, he just happened. He got into a fight with Ellen because he's trying to make the family go vegetarian, and Ellen's like, "Don't oh, just right. throw out That's our right. fucking groceries." 
And then he just flies away in a huff. And then he just lands into this uh, completely on accident. My favorite part about that fight is she's not nece- she's not mad about the vegetarian. She's like, you could have at least fucking talked to me first. He's like, whatever, yeah. bro. He's like, fuck yeah. you. And it's like, like you don't get like, to that make was pretty that reasonable of her. Yeah, you don't get to make that decision for me, you fucking man. Without like, even well, mentioning it, or like, or our kids, like you know, we have we have kids, you know, like yeah. they need to eat food. Was, and also, I bought those that food. Like that's yeah, that just food that we bought. It was yeah. funny. And how much of that food did he put on the? list too like right. it was funny yeah. reading that with uh poison ivy this about. of course i'm not a vegetarian i like plants more than <laughs> right. people yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if anything i'm a fucking carnivore um but yeah uh oh, so so fucking wily coyote hands the scroll to buddy and we see just, we've dropped all pretense we're just calling him wily coyote. <laughs> well, I, honestly honestly th- what else my, can you call my him? other thought around this was like they kind of go out of their way not to call him Wiley Coyote, but Warner Brothers and DC are the same company now. So they well, they are now. I don't think do they that. were back. Yeah, then. They, yeah. Like they if they made an Animal then. Man movie, this could just one hundred percent be Wiley Coyote, oh even with like God. the long nose. I don't. And don't fuck it. Don't put it in the world. I don't want that to happen. They're gonna fuck it up. Don't put. Don't. 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 <laughs> I don't they would want never that. Do don't, coyote, don't fucking put. <laughs> there would no way. Also, like, there's no fucking way someone would greenlight an animal man anything. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. All right, but his technically the the coyote's name is Crafty, which you will notice Crafty is coyote. just a That's right. synonym but, for Wiley, which is brilliant. Honestly, yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's all so the good. acne stuff is Ajax. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um. So so basically. Everything in his cartoon world is just nonstop violence and cruelty. It's just this endless. It's a Looney Tunes like, cartoon. It's a Looney yeah, Tunes cartoon. I love this. Yeah, and great. and no one is like since everyone is reborn so easily and doesn't feel like pain. No one thought to challenge the futility of this brutal existence, right? Except for Crafty. So Crafty, after just getting blown up one too many fucking times, he goes out into the desert. And finds the presence of God, which is clearly the cartoonist, because he's got a, a paintbrush that is dripping with red, which, you know, is also kind of blood. So God spoke to Crafty, saying, uh, you must be punished for this rebellion against my will. Nevertheless, I am a good God, and my judgment will be tempered with mercy. And he basically sends him into reality to experience this cycle of brutal brutality and violence and actually understand and feel pain and feel and pain big, yeah. yeah and, and the first thing that suffer, happens is he gets hit by that truck yeah <laughs> and he suffers for the sins of the looney tunes yeah. uh and that's that's what it comes down Lord. to is so for him to experience it maybe the rest of his world will be better for it and that's his whole thing so he's crafty hand- H Christ. Jesus. <laughs> I just love how no, it cuts crafty to Christ. Crafty Christ. I just love that it cuts to Animal Man and he's holding the the Coyote Gospel. He's just like, I don't fucking know what this says, dude. The first time I read it, when he's like, I can't read this, my heart broke I for Crafty. Know. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, this poor guy. Yeah, because oh, he's no, he's just suffering in silence, and it's his whole his his gospel is written in gibberish mm-hmm. because of course it is because he's a loony tune that cannot speak <laughs> yeah. so yeah uh at the end it's like, what uh, does this the, say the, the trucker gets another shot with a fucking silver bullet because of course the silver bullet works because it's the continuity 
that we've yep. all accepted. And so the silver bullet finally destroys Crafty, and he feels no pain when mm. he dies this way. And he dies crucified on the crossroads. And we pan out, and he's he's. But you he pan died out for, and you see the brush of the god cr- doing it, and then I love you get that like it's like okay, what the fuck? And then we just we don't get anything about that for ten issues. We just, <laughs> no, that we doesn't really, come up. They at don't all, ref- like, they don't reference it directly ever again. Um, Not directly, but you get pieces of it later in this trade. Well, with the as computer. soon as issue seven. When we start seeing, um, like, the there's, like, the very first issue, up. there's a computer where, like, Grant, yeah. we find out later is Grant, is typing, like, Albert Einstein quotes. It's just, like, I can't believe in a god that is cruel enough to play with dice. As it, you know, like, that sort of thing. And it's, like, it oh, all eventually yeah. culminates in Buddy is suffering for our sins of entertainment. Right. Like, the sins yeah, of, of exactly. us well, craving the blood of, of these heroes and just good storytelling. And also, good storytelling, yeah. Uh, and that's why he's suffering. The cover of this issue is uh, Animal Man on being crucified yeah. and like the cover uh, the being erased. So great. It, that cover yes. is yeah. an all-timer. It is. Yeah, yeah it's, I have it so hanging good. on my wall right now because it's, it's my favorite cover and my favorite single issue of any fucking book. I think it's, the covers, they're, they're all in the trade. The covers of are awesome. They're all Brian Boland, Boland and they are awesome. all fucking spectacular. Yeah. Especially Fantastic. as they get more and more meta. Like, the last issue is a photo of Grant Morrison kicking Buddy <laughs> while he's down. Like, yeah, yeah. doesn't get There's much more shit. fucking meta than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Then we get, uh, like, two single issues. Yeah, and that's the thing, is, like, after Coyote Gospel, it turns into a little bit of, like, episodic shit, which is very classic 60s. Uh, we get an issue where the Thanagarians are trying to blow oh up my- Earth. It's like the Thanagarian artist cool. who has this like thought bomb. He's trying and to it's blow fucking up brilliant. Earth as an art experiment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's so good because the, like the tension is building and building, and we're getting all these like it's gonna detonate it's when so we get to good. the most like emotionally charged memory that the Thanagarian has. And so he's we're flashing through his memories and Buddy's like, oh god, turn it off. Oh god, what do I do? I can't. I, I'm the-. And then like. Fucking Hawkman just walks up and says, all you had to do was turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And that comes back later, again, like when um, one of the, the unhinged Supermans that tries to blow up reality with an atom yeah. bomb, uh, Buddy walks in and he's like, well, one guy <laughs> told me one time, all you had to do is turn it off. <laughs> um, and then we get another one with um, uh, the Red Mask. The red mask for him. Uh, like which the red also, mask I do want to point out, there are a couple... Like the last page where Red Mask like throws himself off a building in a, in his own suicide, awesome is, is a reference to Watchmen that came out like fucking three years earlier. <laughs> like, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, but we know that the two of them are pretty tied together. And oh yeah, of course, they, they just, work together and they're contemporaries in a lot of ways. It's done entirely um, out well, of respect and love and and admiration. Yeah. and it's done and on it's purpose a, for sure. These few um, pages are so. Well done. And this is another character that, like, like we him. see, he, you know, he was a he was another six. Yeah, I mean, robots. he he's another sixties yeah. guy who like <laughs> got a, a spaceship or a fucking meteor blew up in his face, and now he's got the death touch, and like that sucks. Uh, and it's like yeah, King and Midas. yeah, cause, like yeah. fuck you, like like he's like uh, they're amazing. Grant 
giving you know talking about this character he's like oh yeah you got a death touch and then cool you you show um this guy immediately killing his dog awesome thanks for just ripping yeah, my thank heart you out for that. <laughs> and then yeah at one point like buddy's like hey man what's going on because he's trying to figure out the source of these stupid goofy robots that are just blowing themselves yeah, up yeah. so he flies up to the rooftop and there's this uh, red mask there he's like and hey red mask pleased to meet you and goes out to shake his hand and he's like what are you a fucking idiot i have the death touch you were just gonna shake my hand <laughs> this guy is uh, great man um, i loved him but and it's also like he's like this is such bullshit i mean if i had had animal powers i could have been a hero but since i didn't and i got stuck with this raw deal i have to be a villain and it's just talking yeah. about like how it used to be so simple back in the 60s when it was like you know it was simple storylines we were just robbing banks and everything was easy and then i got fucking cancer uh, probably from that stupid meteorite, and then he just throws himself off a building. And, like, at one point, like, Buddy was... Tr he's just... Buddy tries to find the, the most non-violent way to solve any problem. Mm -hmm. So instead of, yep. like, trying to fight this guy or whatever, he's like, Lewis, listen, I don't want you to die a pointless death. Like, why would you throw yourself off this building? I have a manager. He can get you back on TV, like, one last time. Like, let's do this. And he, so he, he flies away in good faith, and he's like, all right, I'll see you soon. All right, I'll see you. All right, stay right there. And then, you know, he immediately, the guy kills himself. I like how the, he was like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's no. like, I can fly. Fuck, it reminds me, yeah. there's a character in Marvel from the 60s that uh, shot asbestos at people. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. What an absurd power. Yep. Um, speaking of absurd power, the next issue is uh, Mirror Master just fucking with him. Just, just and, and I think this is the first iteration of Miracle Miracle uh <laughs> Mirror Master. Uh, Mirror Master, sorry, Miracle Man. Uh Mirror Master being a Scottish asshole. Um but he is very decidedly Scottish in this and that is that is a self-insert if I've ever seen one. <laughs> and also apparently working for the gov US government. Well, he was hired by essentially the one percenters that run the corporations and the media and all the shit like the the, the essentially the illuminati if you will but he's hired yeah, by no, these guys just, because yeah. animal man is shaking up too many things with his animal rights stuff like he's been yeah, he also yeah. he has an issue where he thwarts the uh fox hunt by a bunch of like rich english elite and it is such it's such a good like fuck the british moment uh that that grant has because like they're drawn so like foppishly yeah, like yeah. no i just say with their like <laughs> giant fucking teeth like it's like really racist towards the english but like uh, uh if anyone is allowed to be it's a scotsman you know <laughs> yeah um, i think at some point i can't remember what issue it does it at some point they have that invasion storyline mm -hmm. which has the Th gene that bomb. is the uh the story with the red death because yeah, so right after that, the gene bomb goes off, and that fucks up his powers. Yes, and his powers which get leads scrambled. us into the next, really the the big the the big storyline after that. So yeah, now and the, he the can only he can't like target his powers anymore. Yeah, and 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 uh, we don't need to get into the specifics of the rest of the issue because this this episode's already no, going long. But essentially, yeah, him meeting the yellow aliens and teaching him where his powers come from. Uh, is is how he fixes his power. So it's this like, like slow build teaching of him. him. I like how teaching him is also just making a new one. Yeah, they grafted they just build him a new buddy maker. <laughs> yeah, from scratch. Uh, and we also talked about and also the the peyote trip that he has in the desert with uh, Jim Highwater and then just figuring That's out like how all beast. of it works. 
Those Bawanabees, yeah. Bawanabees, no. Yeah. It's Bawanabees because then they bequeath the, the helmet to Freedom Beast. Oh, no, I yeah. thought it was the other guy. Okay. Yeah, you're right. But, oh, yeah. And that's another thing I wanted to mention briefly, not getting into it too much. Um, so, Bawana Beast, yeah, basically after this, this acid trip, hangs up his, uh, his helmet for good. He doesn't want to do it anymore. And in order to pass it along, he finds, like, the, basically the helmet picks a successor. Yeah, the power, it chooses the, whomever the is going to take it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, he just has to go find them. So he like Wait. drinks this elixir and he's like, all right, I know where they are. Let's go. And in <laughs> it's, order. It's awesome. It's fucking awesome. And the person it goes Great. to is awesome. It is a yeah. activist in, in apartheid South Africa who is fighting for freedom. Uh, Dominic. Uh, I forget his last name. Um, Quinn? No. No. Sorry. Um, Quinn's the other guy. I don't know how to pronounce it. Mdawe. Dominic Mdawe. Thank you. Um, yeah, and he's, he's, uh, a political activist fighting for the, you know, the, the people of South Africa, the black people of, of, uh, South Africa, and he's, like, literally being beaten in a black bag, like, off-site fucking thing by this asshole. He's being used as a distraction, like, they're gonna stage him killing himself to get the leader of his organization to come out of hiding. Exactly. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, and, and so they, they pass the, the helm on to him. And it, he immediately is just like, Buana Beast is some imperialist shit, and that's so right good. the fuck out immediately. I'm that. going to be Freedom Beast. And I love, love, love the fact that he goes back to, because like, um, his name is like Mike Maxwell or something. And yeah, so he, he, yeah, so as he's talking to, so Mike Maxwell hands over the, the helmet, and he's literally like, Okay, where the fuck was Buana Beast? Where were you when African... Where was the African hero when African children were dying? Like, mm -hmm. I won't tell you, it won't fucking happen. And Mike Maxwell is just like, it's not about politics. And it's just like, today's politics is tomorrow's mythology. So it's just like, fuck you, it's always about politics. Everything is he's politics. Like in children dying in the street isn't fucking politics, dude. Yeah, he's like yeah. in Africa, well, everything's like politics right now. And, like, the one dude who's, like, dude, and, like, they kind of, like, stage this, like, event to help his, like, the, the, the protesters and stuff, and, the, like, the one cop that's, like, leading it, like, he, like, finds the leader, but he has sent, like, this zebra Ibex hybrid at him and ends up killing him. But oh, then, well, because that cop had been talking to Dominic in prison, yeah. and he said he, he was explaining this, like, uh, fairy tale that his mom used to tell about him. The about, yeah, about the unicorn. About the unicorn. And so yeah. he sends a zebra... Uh, not antelope. Uh, I think it's like an ibex. Ibex. There oh no, is. that's yeah, yeah. But yeah, he he more he morphs two creatures together to so create good. a unicorn and then fucking impales well, just like him how on Buddy it. Buddy asked awesome. him, and hey, what what happened to that guy? And he's like, he died of a rare disease. I'm like, yeah, that is pretty rare. <laughs> called <laughs> symbolism. It's a rare disease called symbolism. Called symbolism. It's fucking awesome. A disease called writing. <laughs> what a great way to get introduced to Freedom Beast. And and they also make a point to talk about um he's trying to get pictures out because they yeah. make a they show a news broadcast that's like severely edited. Yeah. Um and it's then, like no one was injured despite the disturbances, and then you cut to reality where it's like hundreds of thousands of children are yeah. being murdered and injured in the streets, and it's like But at the and at the end, like 
the Daily Planet reporter got held up at the airport, but he still had his original pictures. And then Animal Man pops up. It's like, I got you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, talk Go print about these motherfucking pictures. Like, that's another part where like Grant Morrison is throwing apartheid South Africa into fucking comic books before I guarantee you no kids in 1991 knew what the fuck was going on in South Africa. Specifically because they're watching edited news broadcasts that are approved by the South African government. In fact, did you know that during the Reagan administration (laughs) We got it started. During the Reagan administration, the South African government paid a bunch of black thought leaders in America to do PR for them. So, like, there were multiple activists, quote-unquote activists, in America that were, like, black conservatives that were saying, oh, they're not so bad. And the, their argument was, oh, we were fighting communism. So, anyway, that, that, uh, yeah, Grant Morrison bringing up fucking uh, apartheid South Africa is fucking incredible uh, in 1991. I fucking dare anyone to do half as good. Well, <laughs> like, <fucking laughs> oh, like, look, there's a lot of heavy real world things like animal abuse uh and animal rights sexual assault uh apartheid like like kind of rj was saying like comics didn't do this before and then all of a sudden you have these people coming out of the woodwork from these this crisis writing comics like this also i was right he had the peyote trip in book two with jim highwater not boana beast he was just have like having lunch with Boana Beast when they decided to go. I just find feel like he's just getting like <laughs> his brain gets all fucking scrambled like ten times in this book. But that's fair. Well, You're that's right. why this conversation is completely unhinged, and we should probably there's a lot wrap going it up on. Anyway. This book is crazy. Um, it's so well done though, and reading the whole series, you see like all even the one shot issues, they mean something. Oh, later. of course, yeah. yeah. Like they all they're are all, really important. They're all seeds. They're all little... Yeah, like Mirror Master. Like, we didn't even talk about, like, Martian Manhunter, like, scaring a bully for, for this, his kid. For <laughs> like, some great moments. I read that here. issue, and I was like, man, I miss Martian Manhunter. I love, I love John oh, man. so Yeah, where much. the fuck has he been? He's the fucking best. Because um, apart from everything else that we've been talking about, like, the, the, I think the revolutionary, the groundbreaking, the really, the things that Grant Morrison's really known for, there's some just, like, pretty fucking good superhero stuff in here oh yeah well that's the thing is like on top of everything else and it's it's, pretty cool it's them taking like the classic like superhero comic book and loving it so much that you need to keep telling those stories in a new way so like you know i read this year i read this years ago and a lot it, it resonated for me in a bunch of different ways but one thing that i didn't know like the issue that has dolphin like where it's like a crossover yes. with this character dolphin. I had never mm-hmm. seen her first appearance, but like my store has it right now for sale. And this cover of that issue is a mirror image of her first appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that's awesome. Instead of just having her riding a dolphin in it, now she's riding a dolphin that's been speared because a bunch of whalers are killing mm-hmm. dolphins that issue for fun. Is also amazing. So it's it's fucking incredible. And it's very like, yeah, like Buddy isn't the hero. He's the spectator. He's the everyman. He's us experiencing it. And uh, we get to see these spectacular stories being told for the purpose of telling a bigger story. Um, so you can do the episodic so, things. You can do the silly things. You can do like the, the fucking Thanagarian bomb about to go off is the silliest was, issue. It's hilarious. A great issue, though. Yeah, and it's like, incredible. And it's, it's, yeah, it's a throw, like a one shot issue. It's a one shot, yeah. Character. It's great. 
Yeah, so many of these are one-shots, but that is also part of the comic book continuity that is so important, is still telling those stories and still being silly and still having something bigger to say through all of it. It's fucking perfect. The book's perfect. Everything's perfect I'm, about it. I'm really excited to talk about this, especially in relation to Lemire's Animal Man next week, um, because I feel like it does so many great things that Grant kind of started mm. and kind of just kind of evolves the character a little bit. Not, not necessarily just from like the character itself, because like other things ex- get created in this universe and it's just like a natural evolution. Like with, with, with the red being introduced, you have like a really natural progression from Morrison to what Lemire ends up doing with animal man. And it, you kind of see they're, they're, they're pulling, they're pulling some of the same thing. If you had read, which I love, you had read this, and Lemire's Animal Man, and you didn't know much else about DC, you wouldn't know that Animal Man is like, 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 like yeah, you, two people you think know he's top tier, man. Right? <laughs> yeah, you think he's top tier. Yeah. Because, like, the way they write the, uh, they, you know, multiple being Grant and Jay, like, it's like the most important character in the world. Uh, he's such like a, this, like, Buddy feels such so a important. great character. But, like, again, he was nobody. And they just, like, well, DC part of that- won't let people write him. It's crazy. Part of that is in here is that like as Psycho Pirate is losing his fucking mind and there's multiple characters that he like resurrects from Limbo that are like, no, 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 I'm not a fucking character. I am me. I am. I am a fully formed person with memories and like experiences. (laughs) And like one of the lines is like, we all want to be the main character, but so Mm -hmm. often we're just a spectator. Um, in our own stories, and it's just like, fuck, fuck, man, so fuck. <laughs> there's, there's a, I mean, like, all the different issues all have a really different like story structure that is like really fresh and interesting. Um, just from a way that the story is formatted, it's interesting because yeah. I've talked about um this before on the show because we've brought this book up so much, we all love it. Um, but this was, this was the book that I read that really made me op- open my eyes to the, to the medium more so than, uh, like everything else. Like everyone, I feel like everyone has that book where they, you know, you read Sandman for the first time and then you like realize that comics are just more than superhero serials. And, uh, this, this book was mine and I feel like it is up there with, Watchmen and Sandman and all of those like it it does what it does it makes you think and is well written and is like as good as those just it doesn't get as much love and unless you know it's read by Morrison fans because they go through their kind of uh whole uh bibliography but other than that it it kind of part of the Morrison discovery right, yeah. train it's and it's a great it's a great stop. But it deserves honestly, to be like, you know, those those like huge pillars of Yeah, honestly, absolutely. I would put it it's right up there with Alan Moore Swamp Thing for me. It's it's the Dude. same. It's the same quality. Oh. It's this, it might be better. I honestly like it's it's You're getting something different and I think that's what the be- that's what's so great about them. Like they're both great for different reasons and it, it's it's, and it's one it's, of um, the definitive examples of to me of why I love this medium so much. 
<laughs> and yeah. honestly, like, uh, I saw, I think we were, we shared it in the group chat. There was this meme that was like, everyone always says, you, you know, the first comic you should read is like Watchmen, but really right. your first comic was like the 17th part of an X-Men crossover that didn't make any fucking sense. And I would say making, giving people Watchmen and saying, read this first is a, doing a huge disservice to everyone involved because that book only has weight if you understand superheroes. This book is a perfect yeah. first read because you get you get classic comics and what that means and how that feels and you get modern comics in, in, all wrapped up into one and then you get a deconstruction of both was, and you get this character that you truly love that's like not Superman you know like you get introduced to Martian Manhunter and fucking Psycho Pirate all these characters that are around and that are important but not. There, there's, you know, love- there's so many places you can go from here, whereas like something yeah. like yes. something like Watchmen, there's Watchmen's the end of the road. Exactly, yeah, it shouldn't yeah. be the beginning. I, I don't- th- 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 this will create a tree of of like curiosity that's going to make you want to track down more comics. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I just I think it's funny that like comic books are a medium where you kind of get the like the weird cool kid in high school who's like oh you like comic books here i've got these like you know like sandman and all of these like adult like you know more adult books than what you've been reading but also they're like written like moby dick like they're like fucking like you know thought-provoking nuanced like things but they also have like you know boobs and swearing and like, it, yeah. like Vertigo is Honest. is kind of like a a miracle, and it's like it's just like such a. It was so. In, I mean, this wasn't Vertigo when it started, but it became Vertigo when they made the trades, and it's just like that imprint really yeah. did so much work in the in the medium. It's incredible. I I will say, uh, I I read Watchmen like way too young, like way too young, and I feel like. If I had gotten my hands on this instead, I would be a fundamentally different person. Yeah, I, re- I read I read Watchmen in college, which is kind of where you should experience. I Watchmen. wish. I agree. Yeah, I, I don't know. I with the way the medium is now, so and like you know, people more more people than ever are finding comic books. I kind of wish there was like a a like I don't know, like slap a warning on Watchmen where it's like you shouldn't read this. Uh, unless you're, you know, you fully understand what you're trying to, you know, what you're getting into. Like, (laughs) I'm not trying to, like, gatekeep it, but, like, you know, I just want people, like, Watchmen should be appreciated, but, like... It's a first comic, like, if you're trying to get into the medium... You can't appreciate it without knowing comic. That's a tough fucking read. It's really tough. That's a dense book I for still, a reason it's thought provoking there's a lot going on and i think like without like some without like that baseline of comic books what alan moore was trying to do isn't you're gonna it's you're i still gonna don't think i'm smart but also it's Watchmen. a tough read like <laughs> i don't think i, I have a friend what alan i have moore a friend writes. who's a teacher <laughs> who teaches classes on Watchmen and has taught it every year and i'm like i mean yeah. i've read it like maybe twice like yeah yeah it's uh, crazy I had a teacher who taught Watchmen um, in high school and it was like a creative writing class. And he's like, he's like, okay, you're only supposed to read these couple pages. 
you don't have permission from the school to read anything else. And just like, it was the most strongly implied, go read this. I'm not allowed to tell you to read this. But yeah, it was this like, go for it. I've I've always found it funny that like you walk into this, this comic book store that has thousands and thousands of books. And the only thing people ever recommend are the same like six books. That bullshit. Fuck that. I don't do that. I'm, I'm do not that saying you all. do that. I'm just saying like <laughs> you just walk people over to the vertigo section and say start here. No, it's That's just, not even like, true it's like, now, though. Yeah, but it's like who That's are you? True. Tell me what. Tell me what you like, and and there's something here for you. And that, instead of just yeah, like, I think 100%. that's oh, you got to read these six right. books. I think that's it's one like, of my issues is that if you spend, if if you don't know much about comic books, and you spend kind of an extended period of time around the store or around you know people that uh, know it, there's like books that are guaranteed to like shoot up in conversation and. Yeah, yeah. Right. you're like right. you know for sure. This is this is like the ultimate definitive uh, part of the media, and it's like, and on because like honestly, like we talk about it a lot. There's a lot of great books that we talk about a lot. There's a lot of great authors we talk about. Watchmen doesn't come up that nope. much <laughs> when you're I talking mean, about comics a lot. That I mean, literally just now this whole conversation. No, I meant like, yeah, I know it, that doesn't it, count. Just, it doesn't count. We made a point specifically to talk about, but if you think about it, when's like that, that like when we're talking about things that we want to talk about and like lines we draw in the medium and examples of stuff, it doesn't come up that yeah, often. There's no wrong way to get into the medium. I'm sure there are people True. who yeah. read Watchmen. I think Watchmen's a difficult right. way I'm to sure get there are people who read Watchmen first and like loved it. But yeah, like right. I read Watchmen first and it traumatized me and probably gave me a few kinks that I'm not happy uh, about. Honestly, Alan Moore, Alan Moore to start in any of his books is tough because Alan Moore, it comes out I don't. Oh, swinging. I read, I read, I got in the same time. So I was like, mommy, take me to the fucking comic book store. And yeah. I got Killing Joke and Watchmen because she didn't know any better. And the fucking. Oh, that, that explains a lot about your personality. Right? Thank you. I know. I mean, I'd read some comics before that, but I was so just, just been wildly. broken since you were nine? Oh, man. <laughs> For so many reasons, you don't even fucking know. Um, I also discovered oh, Kevin Smith God. movies in like the same year. So it was a lot oh, for me. Oh, God. Um, but like. You never, had a ch- you never had a chance. Never had a fucking chance. But yeah, like, that's the thing is like. It is a good way to get in the medium, but it's not the best. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a hard just, way. Really I mean, maybe you know, ask how old the kid is first. There, there's just <laughs> so, like, you know, the, the important, like, lauded books aren't the only way to, way to do it. And also feel yeah, like those books yeah. haven't changed. I, you know, I feel like they haven't changed in forever. That's true. There's so many books That's being true. put out. Yeah. This is the reason why I And there's cra- there is yeah, something for everyone. There yeah, is something I, I, for yeah. everyone. I like the Absolutely. train of thought of like, okay, who's your who's your favorite character? What, what character are you driven most to? It's like Batman. Okay, walk up and pick up this week's Batman. Start yeah, there. Just start there. That's how it goes. Yeah. That's what I did with fucking Daredevil. And then it, what's I, gonna what's gonna happen? To read the, I didn't have to read Born Again. I, I read whatever what? issue Bendis was on. What, that what's day. what's gonna happen? To. What's gonna happen is you're gonna you're gonna read this week's Batman. It's going to raise a shitload of questions. You're going to come back next week and be like, yo, what was this thing they're talking about? And your comic book guy's going to go, oh, you should read this. And then that's how it fucking starts. You're, it starts with yeah. you trying to put the pieces together and try to get yourself into the current continuity. 
that's the mo- that's the that's the fun part is trying to yeah. piece it all yeah. together. And like you said, yeah. there's especially now with like there's so many superheroes, obviously, but like now with like you know obviously Vertigo image we talk about vault there's there's so many books about so many different things for uh like there really is something for it yeah and the right discovery is the fun part yeah and just honestly i went on this journey i don't think uh, during quarantine i went on my grant morrison journey and it was a fun time man hell yeah. there's some crazy shit some amazing shit but some crazy shit on that journey i should have done that <laughs> instead fun. of uh sitting down and reading all of walking dead that was a mistake. Yeah, I would say ten out of ten times. Like nothing against Kirkman, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that's yeah. why. Like, and that story wasn't a wasn't a very good parallel to what was happening at the time. Either. Yeah, it's not a fun <laughs> no. time. Not a fun time. Not, no. not a good time when to you're read feeling that. isolated yeah. and yeah, yeah. That's why I always recommend the Animal Man. Ravaging mankind. That's why I always recommend <laughs> Animal, Animal Man because like, honestly, I want more people to read like, it. <laughs> This is I've de- made this friends is because I recommend Animal Man. Like, I, there's multiple customers. Like, we just had this customer that started shopping with us, and they're a fucking delight, and I love them to death. And like, I told them, like, "Yo, check this shit out." And well, now they're hooked on I mean, Grant Morrison, and they're go they're going through and buying every one. I mean, and, Casey, like, I'm yo. pretty sure that like, uh, we were friends before, but I don't think you thought I had any legitimacy until I recommended Animal Man to you. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, wait a minute, well. It's, it's, it's this guy <laughs> It's funny because, like, um, I always, I always struggle when, when I meet someone who's like, "Oh, my kid's into comics. What do you recommend?" And like, I, I, I always go to like, there's a couple of like super sincere books I like to recommend. Like, Bone is a big one, but like, people don't really latch on to Bone very easily. After last week, I'm sending them right to '60s Batman. Mm-hmm. Go find yourself the oldest yeah. Batman you can find. Cause that shit right there, like that's a bedtime story. An, an issue of sixties Batman right. is just a, a sleepy parent telling a bedtime story. Yeah, as much as I love this Morrison Animal Man, and I'm excited we're talking about it next week. Um, in the totality, I might, I might like the Lemire run better. I'm I'm excited right. to You're I'm excited have to, to try read to more. convince me. I've yeah I've never actually read in its Lemire. totality because I think he does such an incredible. And I don't know if we get into it because I don't remember how much we're going to read, but I mean, his... it's a fucking huge omnibus just in, in pure the... scope. Like Grant Morrison only wrote, wrote 25 issues and Lemire had like a hundred. Just more? his totality of like, yeah. uh, it was like 40 or 50. I think. It was not, it was a lot though. Yeah. Like the way he weaves the stuff with like the red and the green and like all of the, that concept and that kind of, world that he built it just it was it really grabbed me i could not put that omnibus down i still want to i still need to get to the swamp thing that was going i think that's scott snyder swamp thing that was going at the time they like have like a crossover event and it's awesome fuck yeah all right well tune in next week for more fucking mind bendy animal man just ran yeah yeah. I mean, I am sorry if I was. Oh, no, I was talking about me. I, I, I doubt I was. I doubt I was coherent, but I, I just have a lot to say. <laughs> well, really excited. Uh, basically, at the end of the day, go read. Just go read yeah. it. Go I don't read think it. Anyone, you won't be disappointed. Like this is a this is an all time. We talk about it a lot, but like I really think this is a all time, like top. And classic book that needs it to be might be just my like, favorite like, book in general it's so has anyone we'll taken stop. that motto yet just go read it <laughs> <laughs> i feel like a lot of people Probably. have i hope so 
and the, the art in this is beautiful we haven't really talked about the art too much but like i don't envy anyone who ever has to draw grant morrison script that Actually, shit's gotta be the, hard so dude. in the last issue when they're when they're discussing like the last issue is just grant morrison talking to animal man and talking to the reader and at one point the conversation's getting too boring so they have to like have a have them fight have animal man like fight somebody in the background but while they're doing that it's just grant morrison thanking everyone who so it's like thank you to karen berger who made all this possible thank you to uh it's specifically like thank you to um uh doug hazelwood and chaz traug who like in one uh who have drawn everything from 24 page conversations to psychedelic interludes without once complaining so <laughs> that's a perfect distillation of that art. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Fucking get out of here. This is this episode's running long. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, join our Patreon. Tell us what you think. Um, if we miss something, if, if we didn't make any sense today, because I have kind of have a feeling we got down that road. Tell us, come hop into our discord, uh, chat with us, uh, talk to us about animal man. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Um, we like to chat about comics on the Discord. I'll give you a link to that in the episode description. Also, consider joining our Patreon. We have a whole bunch of uh, other uh, exclusive dueling genre content out there on the Patreon. I'll give you a link to that in the episode description also. Um, also, follow us on Twitter and Instagrams at Last Week's Comics. Yeah, that's all the plugs. Uh, for me, for, for them, this is Hales from the Shortbox. Goodbye, everybody.